We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth! I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? everybody uh it's rachel here and um i believe lewis and cecilia are on their way but it's a very big show here on unscripted um the movie show uh last week cecilia and lewis were talking briefly about moon age daydream but we are giving a big um review to it tonight because we've all seen it and it should be interesting because everyone i believe will have a slightly different opinion on this film which is um out today. So the Italian Film Festival is also beginning next week. So I'll be talking about um, a a few of the things that are happening at the Italian Film Festival. It does run until October the 16th. So there's quite a lot of time um, to see all of the films that you want to see. So I'll be talking about that. Um, and also a few different TV shows uh, that I've seen, some some different trailers, etc. Um, but um, yeah, there's certainly a lot happening um, around town at the moment. Actually, the British Film Festival um, begins next month, October the 19th to the 16th of November. So at the moment, um, they've released a few of the trailers for films that will be featuring, but the full program is out on September the 29th. So if you go onto the website or if you head onto the Lunar um, website as well, they do have a bit of information on the films that are that are be, will be coming out, and there's a they're really really interesting um, films. You've got Mrs. Par- uh, Mrs. Harris, excuse me, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, um, and this I believe will be the opening night um, film. So you can buy your tickets now, and it's about I believe it's set in the fifties, and this cleaner, this lady who's a, a cleaner. Her life's ambition um, really is to buy a beautiful Christian Dior dress. But, of course, as as a cleaner, she doesn't really have the funds to, to do this. But she comes into some money. So she goes to Paris, um, goes to Dior and gets treated a little bit poorly because of her status. Um, but, yeah, she, she, she gives them a, a bit of a what for and they kind of... Um, you know, accept her, I guess. So that looks really, really great. I can't wait to see that one. Um, there's another film called The Banshees of Inishrin, and I've, I'm 100% sure I've said that incorrectly. Um, this is from the makers of In Bruges, and if you have seen In Bruges, you know the kind of um, dark humour that that it portrays. And the two stars of of that film were Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. So this movie, The Banshees of Inner Shrin, (laughs) um, this film brings these two together again as friends 
who are not quite friends anymore, except Colin uh, Farrell's character doesn't really understand why Brendan Gleeson's character does not want to be his friend anymore. Apparently it's because he's dull and if he talks to him again, he's going to start chopping off his fingers. Not Colin Farrell's fingers, his own fingers. Um, So, yeah, it definitely looks very, very funny and, again, um, quite a dark humour, which is... Expected from from the makers of In Bruges. Cecilia has walked in. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry I'm late to the mic, That's okay. people, but I'm I'm here. I've arrived. <laughs> You've arrived. Um, and then the other film which I'm really looking forward to is The Lost King. So this film uh, tells the story of a woman who becomes obsessed with the idea of um, what has happened to King Richard the Third's body so she's like I, I want to visit his grave and everyone's like well there is no grave so she she dives into all of the archives and this is the story of how they discovered the body or bones of um of king richard iii under a car park which is you know only happened in the last few years so uh really fascinating little uh movie and it stars sally hawkins and steve coogan and i have a feeling uh, I should have looked up a, a bit more information, but I have a feeling that Steve Coogan may have written and directed it as well because it did flash up on the trailer um, from the maker of... Um, I can't remember the film name now, but it was a Steve Coogan um, directed and written film. So I thought, you know, it's it's probably his vehicle. Is this a comedy or a drama? Because oh, it sounds more like a drama, but then you've got Steve Coogan and, and Sally Hawkins and you just wonder. Yeah, well, I mean, when you have a look at the films that Steve Coogan has been in charge of in the past, they have um, got elements of comedy in them, but they also um, have quite a lot of... Um, there's some seriousness to some of the stuff that yeah. he's done, I think. There's some authenticity, oh, I suppose, to it. Quite a lot of heart mm. because he did do a film, um, Philomena, which, oh, is, which is actually the one that popped up on the screen. Um, and, you know, it, it was about a, a young, or well, not young anymore, but Judy, Judy um, Dench plays a woman who I believe gave her child up for adoption and he is trying to help her... Um, connect with that it, yeah. it's based on a true story isn't it, is. it this one and i remember watching it it's a fantastic yeah her son who was given up for adoption when she was a teenager uh is is the film and it, yeah there's a lot of heart to that and a few tears were shed yeah in this yep. film from memory uh <laughs> yeah definitely and i think I think, hello, Lewis. Hi. Um, and I believe that The Lost King has a similar vein. I don't think it'll be as de- as mm. depressing as Philomena, but um, it was written by Stephen Frears, uh, uh, sorry, directed by Stephen Frears and written by Steve Coogan um, and Jeff Pope, but I believe yeah. mostly Steve Coogan. So it, it looks really good and it's got Harry Lloyd. So Sally Hawkins, who plays this lady who... Um, is trying to find out where King Richard III has been buried. Mm. Um, I don't know what Lewis has asked me to hoping, do there. I was hoping that uh, you could plug my phone into your laptop so I could. Oh get some, right, maybe get some you could time. just come around get and do some energy. You need some energy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like been running to. Uh, but anyway, um, the, Philippa Langley, who is the lady who gets invested in this, starts to see visions of. Um, uh, King Richard III and he's played by uh, Harry Lloyd who 
you know, has been in quite a lot of English films. So anyway, my point is the British Film Festival is not on until next month. We will find out more of what is coming up, um, but it will be a really good program as it is every year. Uh, and the Italian Film Festival, which starts next week, is also a great program. So how are you, Lewis? <laughs> you look a little bit... Um, flustered? Flustered, a little bit... <gasps> Are you well, okay? No, That's no, the question I have. Are you, are you no, okay? I just decided that, uh, like, I've been trying to get some cer- certain stuff done, right? And I haven't got around <laughs> to doing it. So this week uh, I wrote Oh, he's got a list. He's a got a list. list. Oh, I like uh-huh. this. Lots of ticks on that list, oh, Lewis. Good job. Things to do. And one of those things I've been, like, not putting off, just not getting around to, mm. was my fourth COVID jab. Oh, ah. right. <laughs> so... I know what I'll do. I'll book in my fourth COVID jab uh, after work mm-hmm. and before the show. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I've got, like, you know, I finish at four, so mm-hmm. I've got plenty of time. Uh, and so I thought, well, the nearest place to do that uh, for me is, like, Mirabuka. I'll go to Mirabuka. I'll get that done. How is that the nearest place? Well, because wow. I, was, I was in Bayswater. Oh, okay. So, so I was like, I can go to Mirabuka. And, like, time-wise, it should all work out. But uh, that freeway, so yep. unpredictable. And this so is where I come from every week. Yeah. So I, I, I feel you. It's so frustrating. Frustrating. I have to leave at a very specific time to miss a certain chunk of traffic. Mm-hmm. And if I miss that window by a minute, it's done. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Um, I, I do remember those times where I lived further away from work mm. and you had to time it just right. If you left five minutes later, yep. that's it. You got stuck in all the traffic and you were like 20 minutes late yep. for work. Yeah. But uh, I did. I got it to go my fourth COVID jab. Good job. Uh, which is good. Uh, feeling good about it. Um, good job. It was weird. So, I, other ones I didn't feel. And I was like, going, did they actually inject me or is this just like a pretendy thing? But today, yeah, they injected me. <laughs> like, oh, maybe it was the nurse. Yeah, you got a mean really, nurse really who was just done it. by the oh, strong nurse. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say my, I haven't had my my fourth booster, yeah. I have to wait because I had COVID. You have to wait three months or oh, something. Right. Um, but, yeah, I didn't feel the other three going in as well. Yeah. And what I think is interesting is, like, I get Bryce immunised and, you know, he gets a flu jab every year. Mm-hmm. And every time when the nurses, like, see him, they're like, oh, it's just going to be... And I'm like... I want to say to them, please don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. I don't make a big deal out of it. He's never had issues having his um, jabs done because I never make a big deal out mm. of it. So I'm like... Please don't. don't uh, I'm yeah. just like, oh, yeah, he's fine. It's good. Yeah, just like, stick it in. It's fine. Just, Go he's for fine. It. <laughs> and yeah. then, yeah, it's it's easy done. But, yeah, they. I, I guess I understand lots of kids don't like them. Does he get a lollipop afterwards? He does. See, they don't give it – that's what I get annoyed by. You know, it's kind of like I've got four COVID jabs now and a flu jab, not one lollipop. That's favouritism, isn't it? Yeah, it's just all right. You should get all the fun stuff. Well, did ridiculous. I get one? No, no, actually, that's not true. I think I did actually get uh, a lollipop at one of the COVID ones. Oh. Um, maybe two. Actually, no, I did get a lollipop. Yeah, no, I take it all back. Okay. <laughs> I get my flu jab at work and they, they give us a lollipop there. Nice. Yes. A good. But yeah, no, that was good. I, uh, I got my, my COVID jab. I found out today uh, something. Um, do you guys know of Kangaroo Island that's just off uh, South Australia? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, Kangaroo Island, uh, I said, I was speaking to this uh, guy who lives there. I said, Are all the species on Kangaroo Island, are they all native or are there any introduced species? And he said, Well, uh, in 1920, <laughs> they introduced koalas and they've run rampant on the island. Oh. The koalas just are there <laughs> going the nuts. They're just like, you know, chewing all the trees. The farmers hate them, so they shoot them. It's like, oh, no. It was like, Yeah, I know, I know. It's like feral koalas. How, how mental is that? Um, and uh, so I was just like, 
that is a cool. It actually gave me a, an idea for a, for a movie. I was going to uh, say it sounds like a plot for a yeah, film. Drop bears. Be, mm. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be workshopping this uh, with Alex. I'm going to I'm going to send him a th- like a little you know uh, elevate elevator pitch and see if mm-hmm. uh, it's something that he'd be uh, he'd be in for. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was amazing. But uh, the most interesting thing is the uh, koalas on Kangaroo Island. No chlamydia. The oh. chlamydia free koalas on Kangaroo Island. Oh, because they've been quarantined. Well, they, they quarantined themselves. Mm. Like, but they, obviously they're having a lot of the sex because there's so many baby koalas around the place. Mm. But they're, uh, they're not having the chlamydia because uh, they're, they're obviously practising safe sex, Good safe job. koala sex. <laughs> See, I, I thought Kangaroo Island was a really small little island that you would just go for a day trip and it was just like, I don't know, some some lovely scenery and stuff. I didn't know that people lived there. But your people live there apparently, I and there's got a, not um, know. they've got like caves because this is what they call it because they've got toilets that they need to have some like your leech drains for. Um, and uh, yeah, apparently the kangaroos on Kangaroo Island are a little bit different from the kangaroos on the mainland. So mm. I'm really bang up for going there. I, I'd never wanted to go to South Australia before, and now I'm like, oh, let's go. You know what? I think. South Australia gets a bad rap. People are like Adelaide's dull, and it's like, well, it's not. It's got a comedy festival. It's got wine. It's got um, beautiful beaches, and um, you know, you don't have to go to the churches, people. No, you <laughs> don't have to go to the churches. It's it's quite a lovely little town. I've I've only been there once, and it was absolutely glorious. No, so glorious. I'm gonna be, yes. be ticking it off now because I want to go and see the koalas. Love it. And, uh, and you know, see the feral koalas. I just you come you know, back and you're like half eaten. Yeah, one <laughs> attacked me. Yeah, you uh, tiny be, little bike marks all over you. You've got to be careful of those. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, we might have a, a quick break and come back and have a chat about some movies. Sweet. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So, um, am I to understand that you did see Moon Age Daydream as well? I. Did, but I'm not going to score it because I had to leave. I, I think there might have been about 30 minutes left of the film and I had to leave um, due to not feeling very well. Oh. So I did see... It's very psychedelic. It would have made you feel even more unwell. I had severe back pain and neck oh, pain God. And to the point where I felt physically ill. So I had to... I was just shuffling around the entire yeah. time. Was I, this at Whitford's? Did you go to Whitfield? Yeah, I went to Whitfield's, yeah. And I could see the security guard just looking at me the entire time because they have security in Mm. these because they're they're previews and they don't. And she was like, what the hell is wrong with this lady? And it just got to the point where I was like, I cannot, like, I I was quite immersed in what was happening on the film and Mm. we'll obviously get into that. But, yeah, so I I won't score it just because I didn't see the entire thing, but I'll definitely give my opinion of what I did see. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, I think it's going to be quite a divisive film. Mm. Um, I think there's lots of people who are just not going to gel with it because it is very different to what people might expect. Um, Before we went in, so myself, like you were saying on last week's show, I'm a big fan. As Lewis said, Rachel's a big fan of David Bowie and art, so this is like her wheelhouse. Because that's what I was was saying. Yeah, it's like a Venn diagram. It is is a total Venn diagram. Mm. For people who are going to love this film, Mm. you've got to be really into art. When I say really into art, I mean you've got to be the kind of person who wants to go and spend a day in an art gallery looking at pictures. Yeah. Uh, And like, you know, some of us... And also being challenged by them. Yeah, and so some of us don't... You know, like I go and I go and go. That's nice, and mm-hmm. I move on. And yeah. That's nice, and I move on. Yeah. But I don't really, 
you know, I don't spend time. People will just sit there for an hour looking at a picture and like you know dwelling on the picture. And I, mm. that's not me. Is it upside down? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very good. Very good. That was a reference to another film. We'll that's a, that's a reference to oh. another film. <laughs> oh, that you're talking about today? Is uh, it Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? No, Ticket to Paradise. Oh, are you guys going to talk about what? Bodies, Bodies, Bodies we will. today? Yeah. Can we talk about Ticket to Paradise? It is this week. It, it is this is. week. Yes, oh, cool. we've okay, also nice. got that. Jeez, um, it is a bumper yeah. show today. So yeah, so. I would say, and honestly, that's, this is what I believe because like, I like David Bowie. I like his songs, everything like that. I like documentaries where the documentaries are like, you know, it's basically a narrative mm-hmm. uh, told through you know, interviews uh, with people, uh, you know, found footage, you know, th- those kind of things. Yeah. Whereas this was an art project. It was. It was. So um, I went with my good friend Laurie, who's also a massive Bowie fan, um, and she's also a big fan of art. So this was totally – she enjoyed it more than I did. Um, and I think the movie is a bit challenging in some respects. And I was talking to um, somebody um, – I was talking to somebody before they went in and they were like, you know, what is there left to say about David Bowie? Like it's all been said. I don't get why there's a documentary like like when I go to review it how am I going to talk about it? Everything's been said. So, um, said by who? Said when? When did they say this stuff? I don't know. I didn't delve into... <laughs> like, there's lots of stuff about David Bowie I, out there. I was like, and I think that they just weren't expecting the documentary that we saw mm. because I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a documentary. No. Um, so it, it starts out... It's almost like... Um, I don't know, like you're a creature on a different planet and David Bowie is the alien and he's got all of these interesting things to say and he's got this really cool music and the music inspires, you know, weird psychedelic art and it's bits of it are in order. It it is kind of in order but there's also bits that are nowhere Mm. near order. Um, And you're right, it is an art project and it's really difficult to explain the movie without having seen it it's like have, it's an if you've ever had acid um, <laughs> i've never had acid myself um but it felt a little bit like an acid trip um i started watching when i started it i i you know got really relaxed in my chair and i was like this is actually quite meditative but the it, it's extremely long like i think it's Dead, probably too long half an hour too long mm. at least um as as somebody who is an artist myself, like I'm I'm a writer, I'm not a like a painty person, but you know he he's a writer. That's what he is. I found some of the things that he said really prolific and really like almost like he was talking to myself, like directly to me. And the things along the lines of you know you've got to do, you've got to forget about the audience when you're making art because you should be making art for yourself and the, you know, if it becomes popular, then cool. But you shouldn't be designing your art based on what's going to be popular. You've got to do it for you. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And so, and you know, this is my, been my struggle for years, like not wanting to write because I'm like, oh, who's going to read my stuff? Like, you know, but I'm not writing for anybody else. I should just write for me. And if something comes of it, cool. If nothing comes of it, then I've enjoyed the process. Um, it's, I think if you're not a really big Bowie fan and you're not into really way out artsy things, 
you're going to hate this film. That's the honest truth. Would you agree? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I wouldn't... If I'd known what the... Like, well, I'm a... I review films, so that's what I do. So, regardless of you know the way the way I, I look at it, because I don't, I, I never like look at a film and go, "Well, I'm not going to enjoy it, so I'm not going to go to it." Um, I go to a film and I will review it, and I try to figure out who the audience is yeah. for this film. And like like I said, with this film, if you're really into the arts and you're really into David Bowie, you will love this film. Yeah. If you're not, if you're just you know, a fan of the arts but don't like David Bowie or like David Bowie but don't like the arts, then you're going to go into this film and you're going to struggle with it. Yeah. And it is so long. Oh, it's so long. It's painfully and long. It's, it, it is. If you're not really into it, you can, mm-hmm. it's going to be excruciating for you. Um, yeah. But, like, I was, like, it. to me it made me long for a an actual documentary on David <laughs> Bowie um, like a docu- I saw the clips because there, there is like these interview clips that are interspersed mm. but they're, they're obviously they're not long and yeah. they're not telling you a lot they're there to explain the art a little bit because the whole thing is, is kind of explaining his art to, mm. throughout his life yeah um, but uh, I saw that and I was going, I would love to see more of those clips and I'd like to see more of a, this is the story of David Bowie through all the interviews he did during his life yep. and, and those kind of things. That's what I would like to see. Or I would like to see a David Bowie biopic about his life and his career and everything like that. Um, but, you know, this is something else for people. This is a very niche kind of uh, product. And I'm glad it exists for those people who are in that, uh, that you know, intersection of that Venn diagram. I think this film is kind of exactly what David Bowie would want. Mm, mm. Um, because he was, when he, you know, when he was Ziggy Stardust and, you know, in his early career, he did create controversy and he did challenge you know, his audience and he wasn't – there were lots of people who were into him but there were plenty of people who thought he was a whack job. Mm. Um, So this is – his art has always been challenging and David Bowie is not just his music. He is an artist Mm. as in like painting and little movie things that he's made. He's got all of these different uh, aspects of his art that he creates and none of it – other than like a period in the 80s, is easily digestible. Mm. So from that point of view, I kind of feel like the movie was perfectly exactly what David Bowie was and in that respect, I feel like the director's done a really good job Mm. of being, um, you know, genuine to who David Bowie was. Um, But again, it it is, you know, there were parts of it that I was like really challenged like, Oh God! But then there was parts of it when I was like really digging it, you know. So I went on a a bit of a, a, a bit of a a bit of a journey mm-hmm. on it, really. But um, Cecilia, how did you feel about the movie? Like, I know you left early, yeah. but it's probably a good thing. <laughs> I think I I really this is a film by Brett Morgan, I believe, and I really admire his decision to try something non-conventional. This was not your traditional mm. bio 
documentary or music documentary. And for me, I think it's very artistic and I'm quite interested in Morgan's process more than yeah. anything. You know, how did he get this footage? Um, why did he pick the pieces he chose? Why did he splice it together the way he did? And look, I feel like the film did hit some of the same points over and over again. I mm. think um, Bowie was quite a deep thinker and it's interesting to hear some of his thoughts kind of come out in this film. And um, yeah, it's all about expressionism and, and how he expressed himself. Uh, I think I didn't necessarily leave learning anything about Bowie that I didn't already know. Yeah. But again, it's an audiovisual experience. And I think, again, it, it's for the fans who are going to enjoy this more, yeah. more than anything. Um, I think, yeah, you're not going to necessarily learn too much about him from this. But I really enjoyed the fact that Brett Morgan was given, you know, access to the art, you know, to, to Bowie's personal mm. kind of archives. And for me, it's like, you know, how much was there and how much did he go through and what did he pull out? You know, what a massive he, job. What a massive job. So I think in when I look at it from a filmmaking perspective, mm-hmm. it's actually a really creative piece. Yeah. So for me, I had to reflect on it quite a bit when I left the cinema because I thought, well, hang on a minute. This is so different to anything we've seen. But yes, I really enjoyed the filmmaking. Yeah. So it's the filmmaking for me that, that does the job and what pleases me. And I think for people who enjoy films, you're going to get a different experience because mm-hmm. it's not that traditional documentary. So even for that, in that respect, yep. I did enjoy it. Yeah. Mm. So I think you're right. I mean, as as a piece of art, mm. um, I have to judge it as a piece of art as opposed to just a film. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that respect, I'm I'm gonna give it um, four and a half girls with creepy tails, <laughs> um, and I mean tails coming out there backside not like you know they've got creepy stories to tell you although there were quite a few creepy sceneries but anyway I'm, I'm gonna give it did I give for it or four and a half four and a half four and a half and that's based on the filmmaking itself mm-hmm. um but again I I yeah I, I would probably give it a three as an actual film mm. but as a piece of art four and a half uh I am going to give it uh, two and a half uh, red wigs. Um, and, that was uh, his real hair. Well, no, no. It that wasn't him wearing the wig. It was like his fans wearing the wigs. Yes. Because there a lot of fans wearing the wigs. Although I did feel like when he was wearing the wig and that hairstyle looks a bit like your auntie. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but maybe it was just because my auntie Marion looks like that. My auntie um, does not look yeah. like that. <laughs> You've got an interesting auntie. I would like to meet her. Just similar kind of haircut. Uh, before we go to the ad, because we do yes. have a lot to We uh, do. We've got lots to get through. Um, I was thinking, did you want to do bodies, bodies, bodies quickly? Because, uh, or have you, did you have a lot to dive into with that one? I mean, we, we can delve into it if you want to. Right. Um, up to you. Um, well, okay, no, we'll, we'll go to the ad. We, we shall go to the ad then. Yes, All right, and then we'll cram two things in next. Yes. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. 
Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Well, this is where I sit back and in, enjoy the reviews as a as an audience member because I didn't see either of these films you guys are going to talk about, so go for it. Two very different films as well. The first one is Bodies, 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 and this is a film about a group of rich, entitled young adults who... Are they young adults or are they supposed to be teens but they're just actually young adults? I think they're, they're, I they're think young adults. They're young adults because they're in uni or like college. Thank so, you. Yeah. yeah, and they gather at a friend's mansion for the night to kind of ride out this storm or, or hurricane that's coming through. And the night really begins with lots of drinking and dancing before the group decides to play a game of bodies, 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 or as we like to call it in Australia, murder in the dark. Ah, I used to play that as a kid. <laughs> I don't remember what it was about at all. Just remember the lights Essentially, being off. yeah, you, you draw a uh, piece of paper from, from the hat and one is marked X. If you get the X, you are the murderer. You have to tap somebody on the back. They fall down and scream and then you guess who the murderer is among uh, yep. the group. However, things go terribly wrong when one of the friends is found dead and then I guess tension among the group grows as secrets are uncovered and a rift between friends occurs because, you know, everybody in this this sense is a suspect. Mm. Uh, so I would describe the film as more of a thriller with elements of black comedy. It's partly a satire too. It takes mm. a bit of a dig at murder mystery but also uh, the, the age of social media that we live in as well. You've also got comedian uh, Pete Davidson in the film so he acts as a bit of a comic relief there. I think personally it's a good setup to a horror film. It's got that you know, scary mansion on a stormy night uh, with a group of friends but it, it kind of does fizzle out at the end a little bit and I think with any murder kind of mystery part of the fun as an audience is is really guessing who done it so for me it's not a bad film but it's not great how do you feel Lewis well <laughs> I don't know because the thing I should preface we actually had quite a bad experience at this screening mm. um oh really we did and for me I'm gonna actually say th- this experience took me out of the film yeah. I, I felt it hard to concentrate. We had a lot of people, uh, two people behind us and two people next to us talking the entire oh way throughout the film and all you could hear was pss, 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 pss. And I it wasn't... wasn't, it wasn't even, the people behind us were just having a full-on They were having a full-on conversation. And I wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't want to destroy it, but I have to I have to say it actually pulled me away from the film and I, I could have enjoyed this more, I think, if I didn't have... Nobody turned around and said... Uh, well, Lewis did right at the beginning and they shut up for about... 12 seconds before they continue talking again. Wow. They were like offended that I told them to be quiet. It was just like the like these these people are so goddamn entitled. entitled. Yeah, this it day, was literally a reflection from the film. Uh-huh. They were those people. They were like um, what? It was like, well, I don't know what she said, but yeah. it was like, how like, dare you like, tell me to be? Like, you think you are, yeah. old man? Pretty much. And the people wow. next to me, I kept doing this to them, turning around. And turning around, but oh my good! Anyway, I just had to. I had to put that there. Cardinal rule: if you go into a movie and you can't stop talking to the person next to you, leave the freaking movie. Thank you. And yeah. go and get a cup of coffee. Exactly. You're clearly not in the right mood. 
Well, got, like, our I'll, audience I'll, would I'll, never I'll, do I'm that. Kanye Westing, you. I apologise. That's okay. I, I will. Do. I will let you. I will let you finish. I will let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I finished. I just had to get that no, out there. No. Well, because this is like Kat and I went uh, on the weekend uh, to see um, uh, "Good Luck to You, Leo Grant" because mm. we were like, yeah, we saw a trailer for that. Uh, Emma Thompson is amazing, mm. and I was like, I, after your review, mm. I was like, we have to go and see this film on the, the big screen, and it's like, you know, one screening a day. We thought now is the time this is we better go and see it thinking that like you know that kind of film you're going to get an audience that are going to respect film and they'll just be there and they'll sit back and enjoy the film and it's a very small audience so we sit down and these two oh god knows neanderthals um sit down in front of us and the film starts and they're talking i went fine okay through the trails you can do that and then the film starts and they're talking but they're not just saying like you know chitter chatter they're saying some really racist (gasps) sexist homophobic horrible stuff ageist stuff as well and it was like as i said if you're there and people are dragging you out of the film you can't immerse yourself you're only enjoying the film at you know maybe 50 percent or or lower and it was amazing to me because we were there and we were watching the film and like i was enjoying the film but I was not enjoying it as much as I could have done. And then it got to a point where, like, you know, Kat did this thing. Like, she, she, the guy, like, looked like someone who, if we confronted them, might have got a bit angry and a bit oh, violent. So yep. we did, she didn't want me to say anything, but she thought, I'll just try this tactic that you use on dogs. Um <laughs> That it kind of like just takes them out of the moment and then like you know readjusts their attitude. So maybe maybe this will work. She so just do this really loud one clap, and they stop talking for about thirty seconds, and then they started again. And then I like leaned forward to to get up, and Cat like you know put her arm across to stop me from doing it, thinking I was going to engage this guy. Mm. And I was like, no 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 no, I'm just going to move because they're talking. And uh, and so we got up, we moved to the back of the cinema, couldn't hear yep. them anymore, and the enjoyment level went from like fifty percent mm. to a hundred percent. Yeah, and you completely engage the film. So. I know our listeners are lovely, smart people and no one would ever do it. If you do go to the cinema with somebody who does that, tell them to shut the hell up mm. and yeah. just say this is not your space, this is a shared space and you know, everyone has got the right to enjoy this film. And it's just I don't understand where this is coming from because it's not something that used to happen. No. And it just seems like you know, people have spent too much time in their living room and think that the whole world's their freaking living room. It's not. Uh, and another thing, if you're going to go running or walking or jogging or on your bike and you want to listen to music, headphones, people. <laughs> what oh, is my it God. With people now going around with their stereos blaring their music? I don't want to hear your music. Put it in your own ears. They have literally got Bluetooth headphones mm-hmm. with no wires. Yeah, but some people, like, I... I oh my god we sound so old <laughs> but I had to catch the train to oh. see Van Gogh recently and um, there was a guy on the um, you know and I thought oh geez he's like just listening to it on his phone yeah. like he doesn't have any headphones and I looked over he did have headphones but they were up so loud that you could hear it and that's like do and it was all like you know. I like hip hop. I, I like me some like hilltop hoods and draft and that sort of stuff. But this was like your real dodgy hip hop with like lots of mean things, racist sort of 
things. <laughs> Good Lord. Kat just sent a, a gif of the Hulk. <laughs> oh. oh, you know what? That is how when I'm li- I feel like I'm living vicariously through you and getting really angry on your behalf. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't mind. Like I understand it was a murder mystery, so there was lots of like, oh, who did it? Yeah. But and I don't mind a bit of oh and oh, but this was full on conversations mm. people were having, and the, the people behind us, I don't even think they were talking about the film. At all. Yeah. I mean, the people next to me, I could tell they were talking, but, like, give it a rest, you know? A little yeah. bit of, ooh, every now and then. I don't mind that, but this – I it ruined the experience for me mm. and I feel like I can't even score this properly because I just imagine – what if I went in with a different experience? Mm. I might, might have a bit – so I don't even know, to be honest. Yeah. So and I think from a, a movie point of view, from a horror point of view, this is not a horror film mm. by any, any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's like a whodunit, but if you're a cluey kind of person, you're going to figure it out pretty damn mm. quick. Um, and yeah, it's just not – it just wasn't there. It, it, it was also the perfect setup for a lot of jump scares and it had no jump little scares, yeah. or yeah. none mm. at all really. So I just felt like murder – you know, having this dark kind of – Disappointed. Yeah, you just feel like it had the perfect setup for that, but yep. it, it just didn't have that at all. And again, like Lewis said, I think you probably caught on a lot quicker than I did as to who it was, but I did manage to get it before it was revealed. Mm. But it, go, it just goes to show you though that um, yeah, you can go into a movie and the, the trailer makes it look good. Mm. And you go into the They mo- always do. <laughs> you go into the movie and the movie starts off well with a really good like, yeah, okay, I'm in. <laughs> let's see, let's see where this goes to. And then just really quickly it unravels to a, a just a blah mess. Mm. So I I wouldn't like if when like I, I went to work the next day and they said, Oh, so how was it? It was like, yeah. It was mm-hmm. like, I, I just, I, I wouldn't recommend it to, well, I'm not going to recommend it to horror fans because it's not horror. So. I, I think a few more jump scares, mm. a little bit more comedy yeah, yeah. Uh, would have would have done this good. But the, the other good thing about it is it sits at 90 minutes. So yeah. do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it, it doesn't feel long, yeah, it, which is great. It's terrible, but it's very short. <laughs> <laughs> so not not scoring this because oh, you feel like it's... It, I don't, that's okay. I think there's it would no judgment be here. unfair for me to score yeah. this film because I was honestly the entire time sitting there just being frustrated at what was happening. So. And I think that's a fair comment. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we move on to... I don't like the score. Uh, oh, sorry. I'll give it two and a half kettlebells. Fair enough. Um, so or two the, and a half kilo kettlebells. Yeah, that looks better. <laughs> um, the other film that you guys went to see oh. is the new Julia Roberts and George Clooney vehicle um, about a divorced couple going to their daughter's wedding and they think she's made a stupid mistake. Caitlin uh, Dever is the daughter and they're trying to break up the relationship because they think she's jumped in too quick. Was that a good synopsis? <laughs> synopsis? For a film I haven't seen? Yeah. I watched the trailer and it's kind of all there. It pretty much lays it out in the trailer, I think, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's um, – but, like, the, the thing is, is that George Clooney and Julia Roberts are massively charismatic actors mm. and you just – you mash them together – and you just get gold, you know. It's it's kind of like you know um, uh, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, mm-hmm. the, the past kind of thing. Yeah. It's like you know, there's just some actors you can put together, and and when they're on screen, it's magic. It doesn't matter what the the story is or the setting is; it's magic. But in this case, uh, the, the setting is Bali, uh, which is so weird. Like as as Australians, it's it's like oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Bali. Yeah, I'm gonna get some bintang in bintang bintang kuda kuda bintang kuda. <laughs> 
This is this is why I I don't want to go to Bali because there's too many Australians there, <laughs> and the kind of Australians that go there uh, go there are not the type that I would normally. There's associate more with. Australians in Bali than there is Australians in Australia. <laughs> I honestly think. But I have been told if you stay away from the touristy area, it's fine. Mm. There's, there's some beautiful. But Chris parts. has put his foot down. Yeah. It's not happening. <laughs> but it's a uh, yeah. Bali like uh, is like it's a big. Uh, island and there's some really beautiful b- parts of it mm. um, but uh, a lot of the actual movie, in fact I think all the bits with the actors in it uh, that was all filmed on the Sunday Islands mm. so the, the majority of the film was actually filmed in Australia. No wonder it looks so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there, I'm sure a lot of the establishing shots and stuff like that were Bali because there, there's like a volcano there and stuff like that. I don't think the Whitsundays would have a volcano. I'm not sure. But um, never been to the Whitsundays. Been to Bali. But anyway, mm. Australian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you have some bintang? Bintang, bintang. Thongs, thongs. Oh, lost shorts, my, shorts. Lost the double pluggers. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so – but. Bali is like it's very different like if you're an Australian and you're going there and you are in Kuta and it's all about getting drunk and getting these uh, you know temporary tattoos that last forever because they scar you um, every, every year literally every year there is an article in the newspaper going oh I didn't think it would burn like that it's like <laughs> they, they get these temporary henna tattoos and they put like petrol or something in them so that they, they last longer and some people are just so sensitive it burns a scar into their skin so sure. oh my uh, gosh long, well then it's not temporary anymore exactly long story short do not get temporary tattoos in bali um so anyway the uh george Clooney, julia roberts they're divorced they've been divorced for 15 years this uh, time uh they were married for five and they had a, a beautiful beautiful daughter um that was played by uh, caitlin De- denver called lily and lily and her best mate uh wren go to play by billy lord i loved her i thought she yeah. was great i could mm. do with more of her um they go, they go to Bali for a after-law school trip. And in Bali, uh, she meets up with Getty, who's played by Maxim Bortier, who's a very good-looking bloke, mm-hmm. uh, nice guy. You know, usually nice guys finish last. This guy finished first. Uh, they, they hook up. He's a seaweed farmer. Uh, and uh, she's like, yep, no more law for me. I'm going to live here and marry a seaweed farmer. And so uh, it's all about the, the parents coming to Bali uh, thinking they're going there to break them up and you know, bring her back and make sure she's a lawyer, uh, but then you know maybe that doesn't happen. Let's let's uh, let's go and see the film and, and make up our own minds. Go on a journey. But yeah, it's uh, for me. I was just like, I got to go back to Bali. That looks great. <laughs> no, you don't. You got to go to the Sundays. I got to go with Sundays. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. Uh, no, it was. It was. I thought it was a good good film. I, I, I like a good comedy and that's what this was. The, the setup of the, the, the two, you know, uh, the exes that are, you know, hated each other for years and, you know, uh, you know coming together and, um, yeah, it was, it was really good. And as I said, Julia Roberts, George Clooney, they could, they could do anything and I, I'd, I'd go and watch it because they're just such great actors. Mm, I absolutely loved Julia Roberts and George Clooney in this. I think for me they were the perfect choice for, the, for this role and... I, I really enjoyed this. It's one mm. of those films that you can sit back and really just have a lot of fun with. There's mm. not a lot of thinking. And, yeah, there's just some beautiful lessons to be learned in this film as well and, and, and lots of comedy as well. I really enjoyed the scene on the plane mm. with Julia Roberts and George Clooney who find out they're sitting next to each other on the trip there. Thought that was quite funny. I absolutely love that there were some bloopers at the end of this mm. film as well. Bring back the bloopers, please. They're normally an apology for the film. 
Yeah, and and you're right. They usually are, but I didn't. They think used this, to be. I didn't think this needed an apology. I thought this was just good fun. Yeah, and the weird thing was is that there was actually an embargo on it until this morning. Yes, that you couldn't like release reviews until this morning. Yep. Usually that's a bad sign. The mm, film yeah. not good. Yeah, um, but for me it was. I really enjoyed it. There, there was one scene that was in a, a Kuta bar type of thing mm. uh, where they're playing beer pong. You would have seen it in the trailer. That's cool. Um, and that had an Australian in it. It sure that did. Was, that was only thing that was out of place was the fact that there wasn't a billion Australians in this in this film. Which is strange because it was filmed at the Whit Sundays. Yeah. Exactly. They, 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 they could have got lots of Australian extras in this film. I know. Uh, and Queenslanders at that. But they're the most Australian yeah. Australians. They could have they could have gone and like you know bought Bintang shirts, mm. uh, you know, bulk uh, and then you'd, they'd go there and they'd go like you know, um, you know they'd, they'd, they'd offer 100 for it. They'd say no, 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 no 150, 150. <laughs> I've got to feed my family because they're going to haggle because that's what you do in Bali. Yes. So you, you, do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you do. Haggle. You don't you don't barter. I get often people say, oh, you go to Bali, you barter. You do not barter. You do not walk around with bags of chickens, <laughs> offering chickens for, for, for other you items. You haggle. You haggle, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Shall we score it? Do we want to score it? Um, I am going to give this, uh, oh, um, I'm going to give this uh, four Iraq attacks. Iraq attacks. I'm going to give this three and a half snakes. Cool. And we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. All right, we don't have much of the show left, but um, I have a lot to get through um, because I've been, uh, I was away last week, so I've got lots of catching up to do. Um, I watched a TV series called Candy. I binged it, I think on binge. Um, (laughs) No, I didn't. It was on Disney. And this has got, this is based on a true story. Uh, Jessica Beale plays this woman called Candy who, um, no spoilers because I'm pretty sure it's in the in the trailer, but um, she kills a friend of hers and then she has to try and kind of get away with it. So this happened in the early 80s in Texas um, and it's quite an interesting little TV show and I think Jessica Beale was really good and it's also got... Um, Oh, why is your name escaping me? She's one of my favourite people ever. (laughs) She was in um, Heavenly Creatures. She played Rose in that terrible show with Charlie Sheen. Um, Oh, Beth. Oh, no, it's not Beth. Um, I know who you're talking about. You do? I do know who I'm talking about. And the reason I call her Beth is... (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure she played Beth in Detroit Rock City. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Melanie Linsky is in this TV series. You've also got Paolo Schreiber um, who is is in this film and oh, – sorry, TV series. He was – he was the really gross um, guard in Orange is the New Black. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Um, you've also got uh, actually uncredited Justin Timberlake. So mm-hmm. I had a look at this. Um, I'm like, oh, who's in this other than Jessica Biel and Melanie Linsky? And I didn't see Justin Timberlake and then he appears on screen. So uncredited Jessica Biel's um, husband, obviously. And also Jason Ritter is in this and he is Melanie Linsky's 
husband. So a bit of a family affair going on. Mm. Um, Really cool TV series. I felt like it was an episode short. I feel like all of a sudden it was wrapping up too quickly. Um, But it was still good. I I mean, I love a little bit of a a true crime TV series. to reveal if it was an accident or a purposeful? Or should we watch it? Well, I don't think you really ever will know, unfortunately. Oh, you don't? Because the only person who knows the truth is is Candy and the person she killed. And neither of them, I don't think... Well, the dead person no, definitely I thought can't it, tell us. I but. thought maybe it was showing on screen, perhaps the death, and then you go, oh, that was, oh, okay. Yeah. It's ambiguous. I'm it, gonna, is, oh, it sounds good. I'm going to probably give this a go. It is ambiguous, ambiguous. And honestly, just for Jessica Biel's hair alone, it's just a m- massive, like, curly permed 80s Love it. Hairdo and, you know, she's got the glasses and, yeah, it's good stuff. I started watching The Patient as well, which is on Disney. They're releasing one episode at a time. The episodes are only 20 minutes long or just over and it's got Steve Carell and um, Brendan Gleeson's son, Domhnall Gleeson. So Domhnall Gleeson is clearly, I think, a killer, like a murderer, and he hires Steve Carell as his therapist because he doesn't want to kill people anymore. Um, that's the premise of the work. show. Um, it, it, well, I think he just feels like, you know, it's it's not good. No, yeah. Yeah, no. but he just he can't stop doing it. Um, but he thinks he needs some really one-on-one therapy, <laughs> so he kidnaps Steve Carell's character as the therapist and he's like, you know, we've got to f- you got to help me, man. Got to hash this out. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I couldn't – I only watched one episode and uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch it. I was really excited to watch it and then I was like, meh, I don't know. Um, the other thing that's hap- – like there's heaps of stuff happening which I will probably talk about next week now because we're, we're running out of time. But I do quickly want to mention that the Monday doubles at Lunar Leadable um, have a couple of really cool things happening shortly. So on Monday, this Monday double, they're doing Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. So that's a good combo. And then I think these tickets will sell out, which is why I'm talking about it today. October the 31st, Halloween, they're doing The Exorcist and the Pol- and Poltergeist back-to-back. So if you are interested might want to buy your tickets soon. Um, And just quickly, the Italian Film Festival um, is starting next week from the 22nd um, of September and it runs until I think the 16th of October. Um, One of the opening nights has sold out already. The Leaderville um, screening is sold out, but there are tickets at Palace Rain Cinemas and uh, Essex and that's for a a film called Belli, Belli Ciao, which is a comedy. Um, but the film that I'm going to very briefly talk about is a movie called Power of Rome. So, Lewis, oh, I saw that. You did? Yeah. Um, I was actually trying to find information about it just then. Oh, right. Um, so it's, it's interesting that we would talk about a documentary that is not your traditional documentary um, in Moon Age Daydream Ooh. and then we review a film called Power of Rome, which, again, I feel like is not a traditional documentary. So that was one of the things I actually really liked about it. Yes, yeah. yeah. So this movie is kind of like a movie. Well, it's part movie, part doco, part educational (laughs) history lesson, part meditation on Rome. Like it's got beautiful cinematography, great drone shots. Um, But basically it follows an actor um, who's playing Julius Caesar and he kind of is not too sure how to play him and, and... 
he decides to kind of walk around Rome and meditate on Julius Caesar and what has made Rome Rome, you know, and he talks about um, or it goes through, you know, the initial Romulus and um, Remus. Remus and them fighting to, to the death and Romulus winning, hence Rome became Rome. And the other power struggles that have gone through Rome and how that has kind of built what Rome is today. So I... And the, and the, the guy who's uh, leading you through this documentary is in another film in the festival called Breaking Up in Rome that I spoke about last week. Yes, you did. Yeah. I, I Because you spoke about it, I decided not to watch mm. that. I decided to watch this instead. But, yeah, and he's a, he's a great actor, but in here, in this, he's still an actor in this particular film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just, it was really interesting. There were some very arty things in this one as well. There <laughs> were some really arty things in this one. And as someone who has visited Rome, I really enjoyed immersing myself in there again. And there are scenes in it that are almost like parts of a play. Mm, mm. Um, there's a lot of different elements of this documentary that are not, your traditional documentary. No. And again, like I I'm I love cinematography when it's done well and that's one thing I think they do really well. They capture Rome um, in a very particular way. And I think if you're interested in the history of Rome but you don't want to dive completely in and get because a lot of those there's it's heavy. There's a lot of stuff to learn mm. about about how Rome was, you know, was not built in a day. <laughs> um, and this is kind of a nice way of learning some history as well as kind of, I don't know, I felt really relaxed while I was watching it. One of the things I found interesting though is like you, you look at other cities in the world and they're kind of, you know, like you think of uh, like the romantic cities like uh, Paris and but when I think of Rome I thought of a beautiful city but then mm. I saw this and it doesn't look like a very beautiful city. It, looks, it is. It, it, it just see this it looked like it was just all built up and there concrete. Is, it, Mm, There's a lot of buildings, Mm. but because a lot of them are old, um, that is what makes it beautiful. Um, And there's a really lovely um, big garden. We went to the Borghese Gallery and to get there, it's in this big, almost like King's Park area. So uh, if you get a chance to go to Rome, go. It is is magnificent. And honestly, just to walk through the ruins... And the history of, you know, and how long that stuff has been there. It it was just really interesting to see. So, but anyway, um, that's part of the Italian Film Festival. We'll talk more about the Italian Film Festival next week. Um, and, you know, I'm sure a bunch of other stuff because I didn't cover everything and there's lots going on. There so, is yeah, but indeed. we've got to get out of here. Um and I am, if you are listening live to Radio Fremantle, I will be finishing with a David a David Bowie song, not Moon Age Daydream, which has been stuck in my head for weeks now. Um, I am going to play Ashes to Ashes. But if you're not listening live on the, on, the, um, on the radio and you're joining us on the podcast, give us one of those review things. Tell a mate. Um, get that mate to tell another mate. Get, get that mate to tell Bali. another mate. Yeah. Get a tattoo in, in Bali with Henna. It'll stay there forever. Don't you worry. And you can just, everybody will just know about us. Uh, anyway, we'll catch you later. See you guys. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.